Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Priest of Copper Beach Financial Group. Uh, I am extremely excited. This is a part two of a two-part podcast. The first podcast with this guest was really about the mechanics of how they work and, and the, the work that John and Michael do. Uh, the guest is Michael Harris, so if you have not heard that podcast, please go back. On that last podcast, we promised, or the gentleman promised, that they're going to start going through some case studies, and, and not just the mechanics of it, but kind of some actual events and actual things that, that uh, this applies to. So I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, Michael, how are you today? I'm doing good, Eric. How are you doing? I, I'm excited. I, I really have been looking forward to this because as nice as it is to hear about the mechanics of the things that you guys do, it's still a little, you know, for me, a little confusing. So to have case studies, I think that really helps the audience and myself to understand how the things you're talking about work and work with the other work that you guys do. Oh, yeah. The case studies are really, I think, where you start to put uh, the meat on the bone a little bit because mm -hmm. you're right, Eric. We can talk about the technical components of, uh, in this case, you know, we're talking about annuities and, and how they could be useful in a in a family's uh, financial plan and, and generational plan. And so, you know, that's all well and good. But when we really, what's best is to talk about the case studies, how they can be applied in a in a family situation. And, and Mike, we're really happy to have you back on. Thank you so much for uh, joining us again. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So let's, uh, let's, so let's jump right into it here. We, we had uh, hinted at some of these planning opportunities uh, in, in our prior episode. And again, to reiterate what you said, Eric, if you have not heard that episode, um, the, the first part with, with Mike Harris, you should certainly go back and, and listen to that because it does give you a good primer on what we're going to talk about today. But one of those things you hinted at, Mike, was multi-generational planning and how these annuity products can really help a family when it comes to multi-generational planning. And if anyone's listening, you know that that's really what we focus on. So can you educate our audience a little bit, Mike, on how these uh, these contracts and products can be utilized in that context? Sure. Uh, first thing I say, a little disclaimer is not every annuity, depending on how the, the manufacturer, the insurance company that builds these products, they all have different um, in internal, what would you say, policies. So not every annuity can be used like every other annuity. I mean, you have to, that's why this is something you probably really need the help of a, of a financial professional to help iron out which annuity would you use in what situation, because they're all a little different and have a little different twist to them. It's just like getting a car. You know, if you got a, if you got a family of 10, you don't go out and buy a Corvette, you know, even though it's a car, it's, it's not going to meet your need. Right. So I might, I might buy two cars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have buy everybody from the family one. You know, I mean, if that's what you want for, dad, if you need for a, the kids. Yeah. If you need a, a bus, you don't buy a Yugo, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. So, Mike. <laughs> no. And, and so one of the concepts that, that I call a very kind of a niche concept and niche means very specific targeted towards a specific um, need or application problem with niche opportunities is they're limited. There are not very many of them out there. So, you know, it just doesn't fit 
a broad swath of, of consumers. Well, if you have a niche product that has a broad application, now you've got something that's very focused, very targeted. We know exactly what, what we're trying to do with it. But if it fits a lot of people, then that, now you have something that is, is, is viable as far as taking it out and helping uh, multiple people. Well, multi-generational planning is, is, is a big concern to everybody anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm a grandparent. You know, I, have, I have grandkids. I have four daughters and one granddaughter. I was unfortunately only one grandchild. But but I want to do something. I want to leave a lasting legacy for my granddaughter. Not necessarily, not all my money. It's just, it's just something that every every year or whatever it is, she gets a reminder of me. And my mother, and the, and the reason that is, I remember something my mother told me when she was in her early 90s. She died in her mid-90s. But when she reached, I think it was 91, 92, she said, you know, she said, Mike, I'm not afraid of dying any longer because she made her peace and she lived a full life. But she said, I'm just afraid of dying and then having my family not remember me as, you know, uh, over time because memories fade and young grandkids, it's just the way life is. It's the human condition. So with multi-generational planning, there's a thing that I used to call uh, an inheritable private family pension plan. And there are annuities out there. They're, they're kind of hybrid annuities. Um, they're, they're, like I said, you got to know which ones to use that allow you to do some things through the, a, a theory called annuitization where um, you actually put the money in, it turns on an income stream, and then that income stream lasts for a period of time. And if it's non-qualified assets, which is what we use on this, meaning assets that you've already you've paid tax on, it's not IRA or 401k money, it's just money you got sitting in the bank or the checking or invested in whatever. And uh, a, the advantage of these types of annuities, it gives you this thing called an exclusion ratio. And I don't want to get too technical here, but what it means is when you put money in and you take and, and it's invested and it's growing, you have taxable income as part of it every year, just like interest rate from a bank. And you always pay your tax on your interest. If you take money out, interest comes out first. It's called LIFO, last in, first out is what it stands for. Well, through these annuitization theories, you can go in and take out some of the gain and some of the initial investment that you've already paid tax on at the same time. Well, what that means is you have less taxable income on each paycheck. Well, if you have less, less taxes owed, that means it gives you more money to spend. I call it net spendable income. That's important. That's what you get to write the check. That's the fun money, right? The stuff you get to buy, buy stuff with and spend. So we think about that. And then you say, now, how does this multi-generational private family pension plan type of a thing work? Well, in an annuity, you have three, what we call three positions. You have owner or joint owner. That could be like joint owner be myself and my wife. Uh, we have what we call an annuitant or joint annuitants. We can put two people on there, but let's say an annuitant. That's the person whose life time, life while they're alive, the income, we do it right, is guaranteed to always pay for as long as that person is alive. When that person dies, then the income ceases. And the third spot on, the, on an annuity contract is the beneficiary. That's who gets to inherit the contract and all the provisions that come with it when the owners die. So, example here. To do this strategy, or to normally what we would do is, I, if it's just for me, 
annuity for me to maximize my income. And this strategy we're talking about today, family planning, is not about maximizing income. It's about family planning. It's about creating a legacy, something to remember people by. What we would do is if I was trying to maximize my income, I would be the owner. My wife would be the joint owner. I'd put us both on as joint annuitants. And I would make my kids my beneficiary. My four daughters, they'd each get a fourth of whatever's left when we, both my wife and I die. And we'd turn on uh, an income stream. Well, that's going to maximize it because at my age, I'm older. I'm almost 70 years old. So I'm going to get a, a fairly good income stream. Some of it will be taxable. Some of it won't. That's great. Now, but I'm not worried. I'm not trying to maximize it for me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the owner with my wife, just like we talked about. I'm going to put my daughter, who, who's the mother of my granddaughter, on as my beneficiary. And then I'm going to put my granddaughter on as the annuitant. Now, my granddaughter's only 16 years old. So she's going to get less income than I'm going to, I, it would, than I would get if it's based on my age. So maybe it's in that I don't know, just say 3% range or something, three and a half, some of it non-taxable. So it still gives me a decent income stream. Right now today, more I'm going to get in treasury bills at this point in my life. And then I'm going to get that income because I'm the owner. And we're going to live through retirement. And sometime I'm going to pass away. Hopefully, if everything works right, uh, I'll, I'll pass first. And then my wife will continue getting the income. And when she passes, there's this thing we have to do. We have to, by tax law, you have to keep paying out at least as rapidly as you were prior to the death of the owners, as long as there's that living annuitant. So my granddaughter's still alive. Payment keeps going. Somebody has to get that payment. But since my wife and I are deceased, my daughter now inherits that income stream and everything that's inside the contract, whatever there's any whatever in these hybrid annuities, whatever benefits are in there. She'll get the income for as long as she's alive. Now, first thing she has to do when she inherits the contract, inherits the income stream, is change and make my granddaughter her beneficiary so that now when my daughter dies, keeps paying out to my granddaughter for as long as my granddaughter's alive. So it's a way, and there's ways we can do little combinations like joint annuitants and things like that just to kind of give us a little more protection in case something would happen to my granddaughter. It would still work for my daughter. Things of that nature. So you need a financial professional to help you through the the planning app. This is not something you'll find on on the internet. You won't find it in, on, you know, Money Magazine. and they, they just That's just not the kind of deep planning that they go by. Well, or they really focus on a lot, a lot of, especially with an annuity. So the, the, the key here is, and I used to always say that, you know, the, why this is a broad application, because we're talking about grandparents. And for those of you out there that are grandparents, or those of you that have parents that are still alive, and you have children, I always said that there's a difference between parents and grandparents, and that's that parents love their children. We all love our children. I said, I used to tell my girls, I said, I love you. They're, I don't always like you every day, but I love you. And, <laughs> I had that conversation pretty much as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so parents love their children, but grandparents are in love with their grandchildren. It's a different emotional connection because you get to, you almost kind of get to do over with your grandchildren, the things that you may feel you didn't do quite right with your children. Plus, both the grandchild and the grandparent have a common enemy, 
And that's that middle generation, you know. So, <laughs> so what we're trying trying to do here is create this legacy, this remembrance. And I had a, an example. I had a lady that did that. She set up. She had four daughters. She had four daughters. She had three daughters. And she set one up, a contract for each one of the daughters. And each one had a couple of kids. So we had to split up how many contracts we had to make it work. And what she did was she just she wrote a letter to them. And it explained it, that she's leaving. She did this part of her planning for the purpose of creating this lasting legacy, this memory of her, and that she hoped that they would keep it when she was gone and and because this is what she wanted because she loved him. Well, she gave that letter to her financial professional to be delivered to the children upon her death. So when they she did pass, eventually the advisor met with all the kids, gave them this letter, did all the transferring stuff. So, and there was other assets went with it. And I was talking to one of the daughters and she said, you know what we did? She said, was interesting. She said, all the other monies we inherited, stocks or cash or whatever. She says, those are invested. Those got commingled in with all everything else that we owned. And I know it's there, but I don't see my mother in it. And when I look at my bank statement or my account from my you know, uh, investments, I, I just don't see my mom in it. But she says, once a year, as we had this schedule to pay out, once a year, I get a check. And I know it's from my mom because it's from a deceased annuity. And my mom's name is on that check. And pay to, pay to the benefit of, from, and then it says, you know, Jada Jane Doe. And she said, my mother's, Biggest thing was, one of her most, the favorite thing was Macy's Day Parade. She said that was her big, uh, she really just was a joy in her life. And so what these what they do is every year they do a family trip. Whoever sisters can make it and the kids, they use this money to pay to take a family trip to New York City, Thanksgiving, to watch the Macy's Day Parade in remembrance of their mother. Now that's the kind of planning that's terrific, yeah. that can be done for using the right type of product that does the right type of thing, but you'll never do it yourself. You gotta have help. And it's and I've I've done it. I've got one set up because it's it's important to me that that uh, my daughter my granddaughter has a has a memory of me. When at 16, I I don't know what she's gonna remember in 40 years or 50 years or whatever yeah, it's gonna exactly. be, but she'll always get a check from grandpa. Right. Hey, Mike, one of the questions we get in that structure, because we, we've done a few of these along the way, and, and mm -hmm. you're not wrong. Grandparents are, are, are always excited about uh, helping their grandchildren out, and they are, I got four, and they are very special. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The question we often get is, what happens when the money runs out? Do the checks continue? And how long mm -hmm. does those checks last? Because, I mean, you're looking at Great. possibly 100 years worth of income. Am I correct? Sure. Yeah, if the money runs out, if if it's in a a variable type contract where the, whatever isn't being spent is in invested in the market, depending on market returns or the market goes up or market goes down or whatever it is or how long it stays down, could you spend all the money? Could the money all be taken out? You know, like a savings account, the last nickel you draw out, your check ends. Here with an annuity. Through annuitization, the theory and the principle of annuitization, guess what? You spend all the money. The check continues. That's the guarantee 
or the protection that the insurance company puts behind the annuity. And that's what part of the, there are additional costs inside of annuities. It's an insurance contract, but that's what you're paying for. The ability. Yeah. To, we talked about that last, make, last, last call was that yeah. people talk, push back on the fees of these annuity structures. It really depends on what value you're trying to drive. And that, and that, and that to me has always been the, the, uh, the bottom line is that I can guarantee an income stream to all my family members because I made a good mm-hmm. decision on, an owner of this annuity and made my granddaughter or grandson uh, an annuitant along with me. But my right. kids had access to the same income and then they could pass that income to my, on my grandkids and it doesn't matter if the account's uh, zero or not, they're still going to get guaranteed locked and loaded to check for their lifetime, which is unbelievable if you think about it. Right. There's, no, right. there's no other asset class that I know of in the mm-hmm. investment world that uh, that you can do that with, whether it's a brokerage account with a, a money manager, they just can't do that. That's why planning, to your point earlier, Michael, is that is critical to see how these these um, products fit. Um, let's jump mm-hmm. into special needs because I'm certified in special needs planning. It's a very, mm-hmm. very near and dear part of our planning here at Copper Beach as well. Um, walk through that concept and how you mm-hmm. you typically use these annuity structures for special needs children because I think a lot right. of a lot of clients would love to see, hear hear about that. Right, and and you're absolutely right. And and it I had a brother who was special needs child, and he's not with us any longer. But uh, so it is kind of you know close to my heart as well. But I've dealt with a lot of special needs uh, children or families uh, over the years, and. And I even take it one step further than just special needs. I say, you know, special needs is bad enough where you have a child that has some type of a uh, situation where they, you know, they do need special need care. But they, a lot of them have a, you know, depending on if it's autism or Down syndrome or something of that nature, they may have a completely normal life expectancy, right? So they're they're not, you know, they're not, death is not eminent upon them. So you have those types of children. But then you also have what I call special consideration children. And it's they run down the same parallel tracks. And that's children that maybe have an issue with alcohol or drugs or gambling. Or maybe maybe they're just spendthrifts. They, you give them a nickel and they'll spend a dime, right? And so there's things you can do in the way we handle that situation to make sure that there's always an asset there, especially when we get into special needs where there's, you know, uh, SSDI, Social Security Disability Income Payments that are due them because of uh, limitations on their earnings or net worth and stuff. So what we want to do here is if we're going to usually have some, a trust involved in the application, special needs trust of some kind or spendthrift trust. So you're going to have to get an attorney involved, but but as you mentioned, you've done them, so you have attorneys that you work with that that can that are familiar, aware of that, and maybe not necessarily specialized, but have a good understanding of, of what has to be done. So, take an example. Here you have a parent that's you know mid forties or whatever it is, have a child that's you know whatever ten or twelve years old. Um, that is special needs, and still living at home, parents are taking care of them. Now, at some point in time, and maybe they got another child, child one, child two, okay? And at some time in their life, what they're worried about, and what my mother was concerned about was, they weren't concerned about the child so much because they were there to take care of. But my mother said, who's going to take care of them when we're gone? Now, 
if you have other siblings, hopefully, you know, they'll be involved with that, with the care. But you also don't want to put a total burden and like, okay, you have to, you are now the parent, you know, I mean, so there's usually some kind of a care facility or a lot of times, whatever it is, but then there's money issues. How do you pay for that? It's not fair to make the siblings pay for it. So we're trying to make dual purpose here out of, out, out of, out of some of this application. So again, here's a parent's mid forties child that's 10, maybe, uh, you know, has some disabilities and special needs and a, and a sibling. So what we're going to do is we're going to use an annuity. Now, we're going to have mom and dad own the annuity. Now, the thing is with mom and dad, they they don't they still they still have that money as part of their assets, right? So they're going to be the joint owners on this contract. We're going to put the special needs child on as the annuitant. And we're going to put the other child on as the joint annuitant. So I got two lives to measure on. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a trust the beneficiary of the contract. Now, what happens is mom and dad, they, they turn on the income. They've got this income when they need it, when they're ready. And they're using this income to help support their child at home and pay for them as long as they're alive. Now, when they die... What you don't want to have happen is you don't want to have the annuity and any assets remain in that be inherited by the special needs child because there's testing that gets done there. And, and you don't yeah. want to disqualify them from uh, SSDI payments, from Social Security disability payments. So yeah. what we're going to do is that trust now is going to be the recipient of that annuity. So it just flows into the trust. The income's still paying, the assets are still there, still in the annuity, but it's wrapped inside this trust. The trustee, who a lot of times could be an attorney or a bank, could even be that special needs child's brother or sister or whatever it would be, as the trustee. They're not going to take the income and pass it on to the special needs child because, again, it might disqualify them from the testing uh, for Social Security. It might impact that. So what the trustee is going to do is use those assets to pay for things other than what Social Security will pay for. You know, maybe they're going to have to buy a special car, bus or something to drive the child around and get them to here or there if they're in a wheelchair or something or, or whatever. But it's to help support the child and make their life as, as rich as they can over and above what Social Security will pay for. Okay, so it's going to last again. That child could live another 10, 15, it depends, you know, normal life expectancy depends when the parents die. And the trustee then gets to, gets to uh, manage that. Well, what's great about it too is being the fact that there have this tax benefit to it, the trust doesn't have to pay quite as much taxes because trust tax rates are usually a lot of times a little higher than an individual rate. So we reduce the taxation for the trust, maximize the income to support the child, and it's there, and it's not in the parent. It wasn't in the parents. It was in the parents' estate, but now it's not in the special child, uh, special needs child's estate. So we go along. Everything's just marching along just fine. Special needs child deceases, passes away. I still remember when we set this up. We put the special needs child and the brother or sister on as the joint annuitant. So I still have one living, measurable life. So the income keeps going. But what happens is in this trust, the trust is set up so that upon the death of a special needs child, the trust dissolves 
assets in within the trust transfer to what we call the trust beneficiary or the remainderman beneficiary. So now the brother or sister inherits the annuity and they've got the income stream for the rest of their life as long as they live. So it comes, it does that dual purpose. It helps that special needs child live a, as rich a life as possible without impacting their social security benefits. And then it passes on to the rest of the kids. So if you had three other children besides the special needs, we do three, con we do actually do three contracts with the parents, one for each combination of the special needs child and a sibling on each contract. So that's what I said. It's once you understand how it works and you say, boy, that meets my need. Then when we get down to who's on what line on the insurance contract, that's just the fine tuning. And that's what a financial professional will help you with. That's, that's their job, right? And that's what their expertise is. That's, and it doesn't take tons of money. I mean, you, know, you, wanna, you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. Uh, it's, it, can be, it can be done. And if it's done right and it solves the purpose and it solves the, 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 the need, then it's a good deal. And, and the same, it can go the same way with a, a child that maybe is an alcoholic or has drug problems. Same thing. Once it gets in the trust, the child now though could get the income but they can't get the assets. So, you know, if you got a child that's really has a drug issue or gambling issue, you don't want to let them inherit a million dollars. I'll give them the income. I'll give them 40 or 50 or $60,000 a year and they're going to have all the parties they want, but I'm not going to give them a million dollars because their friends will have that shortly, right? So those are the kind of things we can do. It's really amazing if you really get into the planning application and meet clients' needs. Yeah, I mean, we said it. We said it last episode, and and you touched on it a, a few times already, Mike. It's really about planning. When when you use yes. these these types of contracts, these annuities, it's it's about planning first. And you know whether an annuity can fit is is up to the plan. It's a tool, mm -hmm. and these are just a couple examples that you've given us where they can really be a very critical tool to solve the the family's objectives. And, and meet their needs. So th this is right. um, this has been great. Yeah. yeah, and it goes back to you don't know what you don't know. Uh, so right. I thought this was excellent, at least uh, introducing uh, a planning technique that uh, people are unaware of. Um, mm -hmm. And I always say there's the world of the informed and the uninformed. So now they're informed. So, so, <laughs> so to your point, Michael, and anyone's listening, you need to go back to your financial specialist and and ask them questions about this particular option they might have uh, because people misunderstand annuities more than any other product I know of in the industry. But the dynamics that this, this has for everybody that needs some real interesting planning around their generations, there's no other asset that I know that can do this. And the costs are irrelevant to this, to that particular design. Uh, and I know everyone's sensitive to cost, but it's the only vehicle we know that you can do that with. Um, right. So this, this, you know, this was excellent, Mike. I, I, Michael, do you have any other thoughts on this other than, you know, we've used this technique before. Our clients absolutely love it. They understand it, but not many people know about it. Yeah, no, I would echo what you said, Mike, with you have to work with a financial professional for, for a lot of this when you start getting into the mm -hmm. really technical topics like this multi-generational or special needs planning it's use for these contracts. It's not likely you're going to read that in a 
you know, your, your Forbes magazine or Kiplinger's or something like that. Maybe you get a little bit of it, but generally right. speaking, you're not going to see it. And so, again, to your point, Dad, the informed versus uninformed, I, I think that it's important for anyone that's listening where if this is sort of tweaked to you, your thought process, go back to your advisors and just have a conversation with them and, and see where it might fit. Yeah. And Mike, yeah, to, my, to your point, there's not every annuity can do this, correct? This is a very right. specialized not annuity. annuity. Yeah. Correct. Not every annuity is, is structured to accept this kind of a, to work within this kind of a concept. Some may say, well, we require that the annuitant be one of the joint owners. That's a policy that the insurance company has structured into their annuity. So you have to rely on somebody such as yourselves that know which type of an annuity, what annuity and what manufacturer, because there's tons of them too, which one would work, you know, and in these kind of situations. So that's what, that's part of the value of having a financial professional. You know, it's like a doctor. When you go in for an ailment, He's going to give you medication. It isn't just one medication. There's a lot at his disposal, and you rely on him to find the best one. Hey, Mike, real quick. If, if someone doesn't have a financial advisor for whatever reason, um, and I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot, is there any recommendation you can give the, the listener on on a periodical they could read or information to gather from a website? Is there any way you can direct them today to, to say, if you don't know anything about uh, this concept or you don't have a good advisor, that represents you. Do your research and here's some some things you can look at and then seek out a key advisor to help you. You know, there's 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 not a lot out there per se on I know I put you on the spot. The, on these types of, you know, there are a lot of the things, you know, Forbes magazine, like you mentioned, Forbes magazine, the things you read, Money magazine, they may touch on it, but they're not gonna get they're not, they just don't drill down into these because there is so much nuance to it that they just don't have the expertise. Now, for the person that says, look, if and I'm sitting there talking to clients saying, if you've got special needs kids, children, or special consideration children, or you want to do multi-general plan, plan, uh, family planning, and you go out and you read it in Money Magazine, that's, oh, multi-generational, everybody's worried about that. Where are you going to go from there if you're trying to do it on your own? Right, yeah, so challenge. you're going to buy do this, or you're going to go to Robin Hood and buy, you know, sh you know, sl you know, slices of shares of Disney. Well, that that won't meet your need. You need a planner. That's like trying to go and say, "Well, I need stitches. I'm just going to go to the sewing basket and get out some needle and thread and do it myself." Right? No, Sorry. the problem gets to be is there's so many people out there that don't have financial professionals, and they don't know how to find one. And so it becomes like, I just don't know where to start. Well, I told people, I said, look, if you move to a new town and you need a new doctor, because you're halfway across the country now, how do you find a new doctor? Or if you need an accountant, how do you find one? You ask your friends, your people, that your neighbors, people at work. You know, you, there are, that's, referrals are the best. And then you have to interview them. When you go in to see a financial, just like a doctor, when I changed doctors just like six months ago, I actually had to go in. I went in and said, you know, I had to meet them, feel them out a little bit, interview them a little bit. What's their philosophy? You know, how do they, are they, you know, do they, are they, you know, whatever. And to find out if you think you can work with them, if you can get along, if you connect. But you got to start because if you do nothing, you're always going to have nothing like any of these plans. That's the biggest thing. To me. 
Yeah, it's a it's a challenge for many, and and I, I and it's it's tough. It's a tough road for a lot of folks that don't have an advisor they can reach out to, um, mm-hmm. but uh, they have to reach. They have to try they to find someone reach. that can help them through Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it's, they're gonna have to do a little homework. Listen, Mike, yep. this was great today. Um, uh, we appreciate both podcasts. I, I think uh, uh, I've learned a little a little bit more than I did before speaking with you. So it's always a good. Um, a good uh, way to learn about great ideas and great concepts for people like you. So I really appreciate your support. It's been fun. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. Guys, what a great pair of podcasts. I mean, I I, I really enjoyed learning uh, from that first podcast and hearing you know a bit about the mechanics and all that, but I really like success stories. It just kind of mm-hmm. fires me up. So hearing these kind of success stories and the the appreciation that those clients are, are showing, uh, because again, like you just said at the end, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know where to look, you don't know where to start. So, mm-hmm. um, once they get started, then, uh, they, I, I think that they're finding some good success with it and, uh, pretty amazing concepts that I've never heard of. So I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that today, John and Michael. Thank you so much for bringing Michael back on the show. And of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the truth about wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. Annuity products are subject to product terms, exclusions, and limitations, and the insurer's claims paying ability and financial strength. Before investing, consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the annuity and its investment options. 
This is neither an offer to sell nor a solicitation of an offer to buy the securities described herein. Only the annuity prospectus makes such an offer. This information must be read in conjunction with the prospectus in its entirety before investing for complete information and to learn more about the risks associated with this investment.